Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux with Faith Goldie, a journalist with the Rebel Media and the host of On the Hunt with Faith Goldie. You may have seen her exciting uh, videos today from the uh, protests slash riots slash drive-overs. Uh, the website is therebel.media forward slash Faith Goldie, G-O-L-D-Y, twitter.com slash Faith Goldie, and the most excellent periscope.tv slash Faith Goldie. Faith, thank you so much for taking the time today. Good to be here, Stefan. Okay, so we'll give a quick background for people who are um, not in the loop. Uh, what has been going on for you today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, originally what had happened was a bunch of leaders within the so-called alt-right were scheduled to basically stage a demonstration within Lee Park here. Um, there's been a lot of local controversy about a statue of General Lee that some vice mayor wanted to take down. And it was uh, kind of as, you know, white male consciousness is on the rise right now. It was a, a symbolic um, gesture for them to meet there. They had a permit to be there. Um, then that was removed and they got a federal court order that, yes, indeed, they could march there, they could hang out. Of course, they knew that uh, at least thousands of Antifa were slated to show up based on their numbers. Um, so police were um, present right out of the gates. It was supposed to take place at noon. By noon, of course, riot police had already um, come onto the scene. Uh, Richard Spencer had already been um, maced, I think, several times. Uh, he was put promptly into a cab and, and shuttled off. And basically what happened um, by about uh, an hour after when the tentative, uh, the, the scheduled event was to take place, what happened was that you had police in full riot gear divvying up almost like everyone into mini protests. And what was good about that was that by and large, the groups were sort of segregated. So you had, you know, the Patriots slash alt-writers slash white nationalists, like whole hodgepodge on the right, being quarantined from the Antifa BLM folks. That went on for about probably two hours. Uh, riot police were, were making moves. And there was a lot of, I'd say, high hostilities when the groups did meet. I saw... Um, some BLM folks and just uh, young black men throwing rocks at uh, former veterans. Uh, that's when I put on my helmet very quickly. And so it was kind of little flare ups. And then all of a sudden what happened about two hours out was all these Antifa BLM folks, uh, I guess, now that all the alt-right had essentially vamooshed, they decided that they were going to take to the streets. And what was so interesting, Stefan, is that all of a sudden, all of the police who were in riot gear, um, there were, you know, like, uh, militarized uh, armored vehicles out there. Apparently the National Guard was called out. You know, so, so all of these cops that were very present and were in all my periscopes and all my pictures and making moves towards even peaceful demonstrators, all of them were not to be seen, not a single person in uniform. And these Antifa BLM folks are, you know, doing all their usual KKK, Nazis, whatever, um, little slogans and chants and tropes. And they're walking up a, a particular street. And it was interesting because in my periscope, I had been I was kind of immersed in the center of a whole bunch of them. And one of my own situational awareness kind of go-tos is that when you're in the center, just get to the periphery. And so and I think I even mentioned that in my periscope. I said, okay, I got to get out to the periphery now because I feel like I'm too, too centered. And then we turn a corner and we're going up a street of basically downtown Charlottesville, Virginia. And I was, I was in the process of flipping my camera because I had a few comments to camera. I was in the process of flipping my camera. And all of a sudden I hear like, and I was like, are those drums was my first thought. And then I was like, no, that's something else. And within meters of where I was, you saw um, what was essentially a three car pileup. And keep in mind, and you can see the viz, there are a lot of people. Like it's, it's it, wall to wall on the street. It, it is completely packed with people. One 
um, gray, what I believe was a Dodge Charger, all of it's in my viz, um, rams into a middle car, which then, of course, rear ends the front car as well. And bodies are flying. I saw one girl clipped in between the two back cars. Um, thank God. I, I saw her um, probably about 10 minutes after the, I don't know what you call it, attack. It doesn't feel right calling it a crash. Um, uh, I saw her. She was. She seemed breathing. She seemed like she was responsive. Um, there was another girl who was caught and there was people bleeding everywhere. I counted probably about 10, 12 people. It was kind of difficult because some people were moving, some people were not. Other people had less severe injuries. Um, but at, at least probably about 10 people horizontal on the ground. And it took several minutes for any medics to come for any ambulance to come, for any fire department, for any police, because again, these people were, were marching the streets completely unmarshaled. So it was it was a wild scene. We don't know, at least at the time of taping this, we don't know who was behind that, um, that Dodge Charger, which of course created this incident. And you might say, well, maybe, you know, tensions were high. Maybe they just laid on the accelerator as opposed to the brake. Well, then what happened was that they peeled out in reverse, and then all of a sudden, there's a question of, well, whether or not this was intentional to take place, the, you, you got up and ran. And I think there might be, at least from my vantage point, some, some charges of, of, frankly, attempted manslaughter. To, that's just initially. It, it has the look of something that was intentional just from the uh, outside. I mean, you've got tinted windows, you have a clear drive-in, and then you have leaving the scene of an accident. And so it has a kind of feel of intentionality about it, which is not any kind of proof. It's just kind of, to me, how it looked from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. But I know that you leaving is intentional. Like, at that point, you've processed what's happened, right? I, I understand if you're you're foot slipped. I, I don't know what happened, but I imagine that the story is only going to become uh, much more um, robust after we find out exactly who this perpetrator is uh, and what their intentions were. And um, alt-right, love them or hate them, but if this person identifies as alt-right, that's going to be um, a, a really bad bad movement for for, for the movement. Um, insofar as I don't know if you can, you can recover from that, um, or at least they'll have to be much more expressive about disavowing of this sort of violence. But I got to say, like all of this was um, a a horrific and disgusting incident. But out of the gates, I mean, this Richard Spencer, Jason Kessler, all these guys wanted to go and basically exercise the right to free speech, the right to um, freedom of assembly, peaceful protest, what have you. And even in some of uh, Spencer's Uh, periscopes, you see these riot gear police come in and he's like, look guys, like we have a permit. We just want to be here lawfully. We just want to, you know, basically exercise our constitutional rights here. And instead what's happening is that they're being maced and, and, and shut down. And it's this sort of, um, this, this sort of heckler's veto, this deplatforming that has become all too mainstream. And what you see is, you know, the last battle for Berkeley was not a battle whatsoever. When the right-wingers are able just to get together and no matter how unsavory some people might find some of their comments, when they're just kind of hanging out and no anti-fire BLM show up, guess what? It's actually rather peaceful. Well, this is, you know, the idea that you're going to judge an entire movement by a few extremists is an old trick and it does not seem to be evenly applied like nobody looks at that the blacks who shot cops and says well that's all black activists nobody looks at muslim extremists and says that's all muslims i mean this idea of of segregating in a sense the extremists and not using them to tie the entire movement is something that is generally not applied but of course when it's white identitarian politics suddenly that double standard seems to rise and now we're going to judge the entire movement if it does turn out to be uh, people associated with the movement or who follow the movement, you can't judge the movement uh, by the extremists. 
Right. And, and that's what I want to be very clear here. In no way am I justifying or minimizing or rationalizing what occurred. It was reprehensible. And as I said, I'm of the opinion that it was attempted manslaughter. Uh, and I hope that this person is is charged and convicted to the full extent of the law and faces uh, appropriate jail time. Um, and I, I pray to God that all of those people have full use of every part of their body that they did at the beginning of the day um, by, the, by the time that they are all treated properly. Um, but I also don't want the various um, subtexts and, and subplots here to be eclipsed by this one incident. And that is that a, a legitimate group, which is to say um, these are people who are not calling for violence, these are people who are discussing ideas, okay, um, were, were deplatformed within a public space, even though they had they had federal permits saying that yes, and court orders saying yes, you can indeed move in there. And then all of a sudden it's declared a national uh, emergency and what have you. At some point we have to start saying, it's not the white supremacist KKK, but it's it's the Antifa and BLM guys who who activated this entire um, violent streak that we saw today with their mace and throwing rocks. It was completely reprehensible. And I don't know at what point are people just going to to wake up and say there's been a double standard that's enforced. Like why is it that that the the these armed guards walked on the alt right, but they were nowhere to be found when Antifa and BLM decided to take to the streets without permit. Well, this is the thing, too. You mentioned this in the Periscope, which I really wanted to to emphasize, Faith, which is that the the alt-right group need all these permits, and we'll get into some of the difficulty they had going through to even get these permits, the fact that, that uh, the ACLU and other groups had to get involved to, to end up with them getting the permits. But the, the Antifa, the Black Lives Matters, they march without permits. And so even if you have the permit, you can be marched off, frog marched off. And if you don't have the permit, you're left alone. This is not the rule of law. No, it's absolutely not. It's 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 one one standard for one group and a completely different standard for another, and it's just so unfortunate because what happens is that um, now the the entire mainstream media, of course, is going to run with this. They are going to you know hang this person and and label them as alt right even before we find out who this person is. Like we know how this is all going to feed into the mainstream media of these KKK neo Nazis, white supremacists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, when really they should be afforded at least the same rights as the peaceful. BLM um, stuff that we've seen, right? BLM, as far as I'm concerned, they're a black identitarian movement, right? They are, they are, they talk about black rights and, and a lot of their language I find completely repugnant and reprehensible. You know, this idea of reparations and white man, get out of your house and give me everything that you've ever worked for, et cetera, et cetera. I find it reprehensible, but they should be allowed to protest as they seem fit so long as they don't become violent. Why is it that white identitarian movements cannot do the same? And I will tell you that you know, if you spend any amount of time online whatsoever, you see that this has become, frankly, um, a young white man's struggle. And they're sick and tired of decades of, of identity politics that is appears to be egalitarian. All races are equal. All cultures, all... all um, Oh, I hope I haven't lost you there. There we go. All races, all all um, religions are equal, except for you, white man. Any bad thing that's happened, it's your fault, right? And so they're becoming more and more upset about this. And then at the same time, they're being told that they have to shut up and you're going to have the National Guard shut down your demonstration. Whereas, you know, your black brothers and sisters, so to speak, are free to, to, to mosey about as they see fit without going through the legal um, rigmarole that you do. 
Well, it is an odd thing in that we know from studies that uh, different ethnicities, different races, different religions tend to prefer uh, the the company of people of who have like minded, like minded like themselves. And I would know, I would never imagine going down to Chinatown and screaming. Chinese supremacists at them, you know, like, I mean, this is okay, they want to hang out with people who are like themselves. I mean, that's fine. Uh, I just, it is one of these strange things, where if there's any in-group preference among whites, it is automatically Nazi, KKK, racist. But all other groups are allowed to organize with their own in-group preference, with their own religious or ethnic in-group preferences, and everyone says, good for you. Right. And and what you point to is completely scientifically backed as well. Like, let's not forget Putnam's study, where he was like a pro-diversity, multi-culty sort of guy who set out to say, multiculturalism is great. Diversity is excellent. Everyone can live together like a coexist poster, right? And what he found was that the more homogenous a society was, the higher trust that existed within those societies and the more diverse and multi-culty, well, guess what? All of a sudden you've got low trust societies and you've got some sort of, you know, not exactly comfortable living going on. And so uh, the, the point of the matter is it does not matter where the heck anyone stands on these issues. We should be allowed to talk about them. They are ideas. There's science to back up certain ideas. We should be allowed to, to freely discuss. And, and the problem is, is that when you see the government in this police state basically be acting like fascists, and I don't like using that word lightly, but but they are. They're 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 shutting down political dissent. They're shutting down wrong thing, and one and they're only applying that measure to one group. Well, guess what happens? You're going to have radicalization on that side, and then that in turn is going to lead to more radicalization, right? And and it's this is. I I can't believe what I just witnessed today, and I really really think that this is the beginning. Um, and it's been going on for some time, but this is really the beginning of dark days for America when it comes to this intense sort of divisiveness, specifically among the millennial class. And I just wonder at one, what point, how much worse is it going to get? Um, and, and how much more are we willing to stand, frankly? Well, if history is any gauge, either we resume the conversation using reason and evidence, or the violence is going to escalate. Because this tactic, I mean, l- let's pause briefly on the amount of difficulty that this group had uh, in getting the permit, right? So they tried to get right. a permit from the city, and the city says no, and then they escalate it, and uh, they find out, at least there seems to be a lot of evidence, that the city decided not to give them the permit based upon the content of the ideas that were to be presented, which is very much against, of course, the First Amendment. And so then finally they escalated, they were able to get the permit for the protest, but then it would seem to me that the police let um, leftist thugs attack the protesters and then said, well, we have a state of emergency, look at all this violence, we have to shut it down. So they got their wish anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you might find things reprehensible. You know, uh, uh, during the Tiki nationalism little event that occurred yesterday at the university, there were some guys who were seen doing the Roman salute. Look, I'm offended when I see someone walking around with the hammer and sickle on their shirt. You know, it's, it's a sign of greater murder than anything that Hitler ever did. But you don't see me calling for them to, you know, be barred from the public space. No, you look like an idiot. You do your thing. And the court of public opinion will judge you. Um, but, but reason... And, um, and, 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 and the ability for proper speech, and proper speech, I mean, the ability to, to, to work through ideas has been completely um, removed from the young person's mind. It has not been cultivated in our universities. I saw one guy today, a young black man, going off on a veteran about, uh, let me teach you about your history. You want to teach me about history? And he's going about like gendered historiography in the middle of like rocks. 
and uh, being thrown. I'm just thinking to myself, like, how brain dead and brainwashed have these young people become? And um, some people are waking up from it, but unfortunately, it's a really rude awakening. And if they're not able to talk about their revelations, and I, I worry that more radical, a hardlining, uh, I want to say, a hardlining will occur. Well, without a doubt, if the middle ground of civil discourse gets hollowed out, um, arms and aggression and escalation, I mean, I've been talking about this for years, we either have free speech or we have blood in the streets. There is no other third way. And as long as the government controls this amount of resources that get handed out according to identity politics, identity politics is always going to be on the escalation. It's so profitable to engage in it, and it's so disastrous when you don't that it seems almost inevitable that it's going to escalate. And so, you know, my particular goal is let's try and get the government out of identity politics. Let's try and get the government out of shifting resources between religions and races and ethnicities, have a separation of race and religion in the same way we had a separation of church and state. And remember and reinforce always, if somebody's really wrong, let them speak and rebut with reason and evidence. That's called civilization. Everything else is barbarism. Amen. And you know what? The alt-right actually lobbed ball over to their um, their dissenters, which is to say, uh, the evening before this, this set protest, they released something called the Charlottesville um, Statement, in which it was, it was 20 points, and basically their um, umbrella ideas on everything from race to the JQ to the economy, um, uh, globalization, uh, women and sex, uh, it was uh, nature, it was actually rather robust, it, even though it was simple. And, and uh, you know, if you're BLM, if you're Antifa, if you're one of these hippy-dippy churches, knock them down. Get, get, get their 20 points, and you write your version. You write your counterstatements, but, but they're, they're not interested in that. It's just so much easier to spray someone with a dog mace and have a conversation with what are, I, I think, well-thought-out thought, thought ideas. So go, go think in a different direction and prove them wrong. Wow. So uh, it has uh, calmed down to a large degree. I wonder if you could give people a sense of what it was like watching a Periscope Faith, seeing the people sort of harassing you and, and yelling, are you all right? Are you all just yelling and screaming at you? Um, what was it like to be in the midst of that kind of dark energy? Well, honestly, I don't. I don't really mind it. I, I find that I'm very calm in in those kinds of situations. But that also could be just from a place of naivety, to be honest. Which is to say, I'm like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Everything's great. Next thing you know, people are being bulldozed by cars. So in that case, I should not be. Um, I'm joking around. I did spray myself with holy water before. I had this one bo- unboxing <laughs> video before I went to a battle for Berkeley, and I said, bring some holy water to baptize people with. People thought I was joking. I actually sprayed some, and I, I credit. Jesus Christ Almighty for keeping me safe today. No, but very seriously. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's so interesting because I had some conversations with some of these young men and women um, in in seclusion, in, uh, individually. Just simple stuff like, oh, hot, it's hot out today. You know, do you mind if I sit here? And, and they were totally civil and disarmed. But all of a sudden you get into these packs and into these groups mm. and they feel emboldened to pick on the one. And I was a bit of an idiot being out here today by myself, and I know that. Um, but, but, uh, I, I thought I found it to be much more helpful insofar as I thought that I actually received a lot less attacks because people didn't see me as being part of a roving group of alt-right, you know, um, white identitarians or what have you. I was just kind of being there. Um, but but what I found uh, interesting was a complete disregard for the humanity among some of these um, leftists over here. And we know the left is so excellent at dehuman- uh, dehumanizing the right. And there were people who were who had tripped um, media who tripped bloodied skulls. We saw um, older veterans who had been, uh, who had gotten rocks lodged at their bare heads, and while the medics were tending to them, these 
these young men were still hooting and hollering like absolute hooligans, shouting, oh, get out of my, my city, you don't belong here, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I love, like who raised you? I'm sorry to say, but who raised you? You know what I mean? How can you how can you treat an old veteran like that? You know, and and it was very revealing to me about the difference in, let's say, at least moral code of the two sides. Whereas, um, you know, there were some people who were heavily armed out there today, civilians who were exercising their their right to carry, and no shots were fired, right? No, no matter how badly uh, how bad things looked, and so uh, I, I I saw so many things today, Stefan, cars that were trying to just peacefully exit. Um, parking lots being lobbed with water bottles and rocks, um, you know, young people. Uh, and, and that's the thing. The majority of these people are young people who are participating. And I think for me today, when I looked at the Charlottesville agreement, um, it reminded me kind of of this mixture of Martin Luther's, you know, 99 theses and the tennis court of, of, of the French Revolution of no matter what, these are the things that we're going to stand up for and this is what we stand up for. And I think that part of the reason why it was so important for me to be here today is because the alt-right is rising. And if you do not see that, you are asleep at the wheel. The difference between one demonstration to the other to the other, you'd be an idiot if you don't see their numbers. Uh, you'd be an idiot if you do not see the, the, the philosophical cons consistency that is being espoused, not just from their spearheads, but from many of the laity, so to speak. Um, it's 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 becoming more organized and much a much more serious force. And I think that we will be looking at within the next couple of years at um, uh, uh, basically a it being formalized in a more official political way where we'll see candidates running under these sorts um, of uh, ideals and visions. And, and if people don't start waking up to it and, and, and stop just with this, this you know, business of, oh, they're just neo-Nazis, who's going to take them seriously? What a fringe. They're going to be out for a really rude awakening down the road. Well, and, and days like today, Faith, uh, I mean, you, you could not set up a more effective recruiting set of videos and images for people to say, well, wait a minute. So some white people wanted to get together and talk about white issues, and this is how it plays out? I thought we could do that. I thought we had a First Amendment. I, and now that you find out that it's a lot more difficult to do than you think it is, I think people are going to start to wake up uh, out of a complacency that uh, I think has lasted a long time. Well, and this is something that you hear folks on the alt-right talk about all the time. Um, Jerry Taylor at American Renaissance and some of their, their clips that he posted, he said BLM was the most effective recruiter for the alt-right. I'm sure that you're, uh, being a fellow Canuck as myself, you saw the CBC's uh, white genocide video where they celebrated things like beige power. And it's the left's um, hyper-radicalization and now their, their dogmatism that's become so mainstream that some people who are like, okay, so, so I identity politics for, for, for thee, but not for me, uh, really, um, that there is an awakening of um, white and, again, I'd say particularly male consciousness right now. And the more that we try to stifle it as opposed to talking about it, rationalizing with these people, reasoning with these people, um, I, I think the more fierce it's, it's going to get. Well, of course, when non-whites are angry about something, people say, well, let's sit down and hear out their grievances. I'm sure they've got some important things to say. But when uh, white people get angry, they're just racist KKK Nazis. And it's like, that is not going to work. If we're going to have this multicultural society, we all have to listen to each other. And if there's one group that's shut out and, and locked up and pepper sprayed and marginalized and attacked, 
that group is going to escalate things, and that's not where we want to go. So thanks, Faith, so much. I, I really appreciate your courage in being out there. It uh, makes me feel like a little over-safe up here in the studio, but I uh, really appreciate it. The, the video <laughs> is important. Time, Stefan. <laughs> yeah, the video is important for people to watch because it is a very, especially the car crash or the, the car attack as it probably is going to be. This is what happens when we stop talking and having that kind of vivid image in your mind of what happens when people stop talking is really important. So please, everyone, go and check out therebel.media slash faithgoldie, twitter.com slash faithgoldie, and periscope.tv slash faithgoldie. We'll put the links to all of this below. Thank you so much, Faith, and please stay safe out there. God bless you, my friend. Thanks, Stefan.